Welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' Talk Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Brown, and today I am joined by Mike Barry, Nick Brown, and Zach Lacey to talk some Boston Bruins hockey. Fellas, how are we? Wonderful. Pumped to be back on the pod. Yeah, well, it's been a, it's been a little bit, but uh, ready to talk some puck right, right in time for the uh, trade deadline. Hell yeah, ready to get right into it and get very disappointed. Mm, so let's let's waste no further time. So the last time we spoke, the Bruins were in decent shape. Uh, they were sitting atop their division. Uh, but since then, that is no longer the case. Uh, they are currently 20, 10, and 6 overall. Uh, that would put them at 10, 8, and 5 since we last spoke in February. So... Uh, they are struggling a bit, although they are 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. And they have uh, the least amount of game played in the league at this point. So they still have time to sort of crawl up an inch up back in the standings. Uh, but they have dropped a, a bit. They are chasing the Capitals, the Islanders, and the Penguins, and sitting in fourth in the East at this time. So, Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bruins so far? Um, you know, the, like you were saying, they had a hot start. Uh, I mean, they were up, up at the top of the division, and um, with how the season set up, uh, teams figured out pretty quickly that if you shut down that, that top line, you can pretty much have a solid chance at, at maybe taking points away from the Bruins in any given game. So, as of late, you know, the the Bruins have switched up their lines a little bit. Cassidy has put Pasternak down that second line of Krejci and, and Richie, um, and it seems to be going a little a little better than uh, over the past few weeks prior. Um, but I'm just interested to see how how this can play out going into the, the playoff stretch here. Um, the Bruins look to be figured out by some of these teams, especially teams like uh, the Islanders, who have the Bruins number all season long. And, um, you know, if, if teams going into the playoffs have a strategy similar to the Islanders, they, they can pretty much shut down the Bruins. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see, uh, you know, going forward. Nick, what are your thoughts? Well, before I even say anything, we're going to have to start recording a podcast before every Bruins game. It's been 33 seconds and the Bruins already scored. Jeremy Lozone just lit the lamp for the Bruins already against the Washington Capitals. So, um, I mean – coincidence I, I don't know uh aside from that um a lot of the same feelings i have similar to mike um but at the same time it's kind of been uh, same old problems that have been plaguing the team you know the secondary scoring issues but i think most recently uh the defensive depth has been really exposed with you know carlo went down for an extended period of time now mcavoy is going to be out a couple more games Lauzon was out a while. Um, Carlo missed games a few weeks ago or a week ago, and now he's going to be out again. He just keeps getting himself hurt. He had that really bad concussion, that Tom Wilson nasty hit, and then he got another upper body injury after being back for like what one week. Um, so they're you know they're really thin on that on the D line, but um, also at the same time, their puck management has been very poor particularly in the neutral zone. They're giving lots of pucks away and putting their goaltenders in very disadvantageous positions. 
so they have they have a lot of shaping up to do, and they keep playing in a very inconsistent style. Um, there are some consistencies in their game, but it's usually not good consistencies. Like the consistency with the Bruins is that they are inconsistent, and that's that's very bad. Um, so I think overall they have some they have some stuff they need to figure out as far as the trade deadline coming up. What another miss by the Bruins and Don Sweeney by either A, not going after, or B, not giving up enough for Kyle Palmari and obviously Travis Ajak going to the Islanders, just beefing up that roster anymore as if we didn't want to play them enough already since we cannot literally beat the New York Islanders for our lives. Um, They just got even better and practically gave up uh, nothing. Uh, They gave up a first-round pick this year in a very – weak draft that's going to mean nothing practically um but the good news out of that trade is at least maybe we'll now be able to beat the new jersey devils instead of losing games to them uh aside from that bruins got a lot to do and uh luckily they still have some time to figure it out and we'll talk more about the trade deadline and what the bruins should do or and what they actually will do we think they actually will do uh in a little bit but zach let me get your thoughts on where the bruins sit currently uh you know, it was it was so happy last time we did this show. <laughs> <laughs> we were flying high. Everybody was feeling good. I think I said I'm not scared of any other team in the division at that point. Boy, does that change quickly. Um, but, Nick, to one of your points, show me a team in the league that can lose their top two defensemen and not be thin. Like, that. that's just a wild take on your part. So bad take niche weird um they're still thin regardless you can't tell me that they don't have a lot of that they that, that they have a lot of depth even at full health no i mean they're not overly they don't have an overly girth of depth um, i'm just saying it got exposed because of the injury i understand that they're the best players are the ones getting hurt i'm just saying like I, it was more so just stating a fact of what happened yeah, I mean, it'd be more useful if, like, some of the lower guys got hurt and then they didn't have people to fill those roles. You're not going to have anybody to fill McAvoy's role. That, there's nobody well, else. Yeah, if, like, when Zaboral got hurt and if, like, you know, when Kevin Miller got hurt, I mean, those are your bottom two guys, you know. I get that. Yeah, all right, yeah, whatever, you're trash. Um, but, yeah, the Bruins, it's just it's, – it's a little sad boy hours. They're starting to turn around a bit. Uh, they got the new best goalie in the league. So that's huge. Going to go again tonight. Probably going to, probably going to be a shutout because he's a stud. Um, but Jeremy Swayman, you know, just nasty. Uh, who needs Tuka, right? Uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about the goalie situation a little bit, but continue. You know, uh, I, I hope they do something to beef it up because the scoring's just not there. And that's been the problem forever outside of the top guys. So they got to do something tomorrow. So, and I'll start with you on this next question, Zach, uh, based on what your expectations were for the team going into the season, uh, how would you grade them so far to this point? Oh, you know, when we talked last, it was an a plus right now, fourth place, fourth place is like a, C minus. Mm. Um, you got the big core for you know who knows how long. Uh, the, this team is Stanley Cup or bust, so C minus. Nick, 
I mean, I can't really argue too much with the letter grade. It's it's hard to uh, it's pretty hard to not to be disappointed, uh, given where we were the last time we spoke. But as far as expectations were, in particular at the beginning of the season, I mean, this is kind of what we expected. Twenty ten and six. Like if you told me twenty ten and six, forty six points, four points back at third, eight of second, and uh, and first, um, sitting in fourth place in this division. I would have said, yeah, sounds right. I mean, I, I, I can't remember specifically in our predictions, but I'm pretty sure we had uh, the Flyers pretty much instead of the Islanders uh, ahead of the Bruins and the Bruins sitting at fourth. So, I mean, it, while this is what at least I pretty much expected, it's still a very it's very more so disappointing just given how well they were uh, starting out the season. Mike? So, I, so C plus, yeah. Uh, I'll go with the bog standard C. Um, you know, they, right the they have, yeah, right in the middle. They haven't really done anything outside of anyone's general expectations. You know, Bruins are going to be a contender every single year. They're going to pump that first line. They're going to get their goals and they're going to get their points from that first line. And then they're just not going to be able to back it up from lines two, three, and four. So um, there, there's not a lot of difference between a few like a past few seasons um you know they they play the, the very similar style hockey game in game out they're very frustrating to watch five on five they're they get the majority of their points on the on the on the power play so it's it's typical brewing stuff so uh, unless something you know huge happens within the next week of the trade deadline it's just going to be the same kind of you know hopefully let's get to the playoffs maybe everybody kicks it in gear everybody's healthy by the time playoff comes around but you know it's it's the same Bruins um you know since ever since Don Sweeney took over at the helm here it's been pretty much you know box standard you know same style of play same style of operations now you guys have sort of raised some of the concerns as to why the team is has been struggling at times uh, of late um and i noticed looking at the schedule that this team hasn't won multiple games in a row uh since mid-march and they've only done that once in the past two months so just inconsistencies all across the board for sure but is there any reason, one reason in particular, why the Bruins are just struggling to string wins together here? Mike, I'll, I'll let you start. Yeah, no, um, I think one of the big reasons here is, is their scoring. They, they have 102 goals for, which is, you know, third worst in the division right now. Um, and then out of the playoff teams, they have a, a plus 11 goal differential. Um, that's the lowest out of the four playoff teams right now where you have um, the, the Capitals plus 14, Pittsburgh plus 20, and then the Islanders at, at plus 28. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, they, they feed that, they feed the Poxanox, they feed the Bergerons. Um, you know, Brad Marchiani has been the team MVP this year with 45 points and looking at their, their, their stats this, this year, the, the, the point getters is the, is the top power play line. Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, Krejci, and McAvoy. Outside of that, you know, you, you put somebody in the lineup day in, day out, you, they, they'll get a point here and there, but there's a lot of, you know, not a lot of consistency outside of that that top line, that top core there. So um, I think the scoring and, and you know, the, the 
the lack of the secondary scoring is is one of the main reasons why we're seeing such a you know consistent product with the Bruins. Zach, how how would what would you say is the one reason why they're struggling to string together wins? Uh, I mean, Mike hit the nail on the head. It that's been the problem forever is outside of the top lines. There's just there's just no scoring, and if those guys aren't on that night, uh, you don't get much from anybody else, and you gotta score goals to win games. I mean, simple game, score more goals than them. Uh, when you can't score outside of one line, it's gonna be real hard to win hockey games. Nick. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to point everybody's attention to one thing real quick. Um, so Mike is referencing the the goals scored for the entire year. Um, the Bruins are a 20 and 20, 10 and 16 with 46 points and they have 102 goals scored. The Ottawa senators are 13, 23 and four have 30 points and have scored more goals than the Bruins. Like if that's not a red flag, like what more is it going to take for upper management in the Bruins organization? to like get them to do something. And this isn't even anything new. Like they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, you're not getting a different result. So what does that say about Don Sweeney and the rest of his jabronis? I don't know. But um, I think that the thing with the secondary scoring is you just got too many guys in this roster that aren't like, they're either not goal scorers or they're not guys who create like good opportunities for other players. You got too many like grinders on this team. Like Nick Ritchie's like benefited from being on the power play. Like he's got 10 goals, 10 assists. That's not terrible considering he's Nick Ritchie, but he's more just, a, they traded for him as like a big body. They didn't trade for him to score goals in the beginning of the season. He wowed us, right? David Krejci can no longer score goals. He is only a facilitator and he has nobody to pass to. And so they move Pasternak down. That's been going well, like we said. Craig Smith has been a major disappointment. This guy comes in touted as all he does is shoot the puck on net. And he's only got six goals to show for it. That's pretty sad. And even more particularly on the third and fourth line, guys like Trent Frederick and Crowley, Wags, Senishin, Bjork, uh, all these guys that have played those bottom two lines, they, they're just not goal scorers. It's too much, too, too much just grit. I can't believe I'm even saying it but it is too much grit. You need guys who are going to put pucks on the net and pucks in the net. And, you know, they've been trying to get guys to put pucks on the net. And Craig Smith does love putting pucks on the net, but he really hates putting pucks in the net. And it's been a major problem for them at the D-line too. Too often, Bruins D-line defense, the Bruins defensemen just have a big problem. They struggle heavily at getting the puck to the net from the blue line. And so, I mean, you got a lot of guys that are big defensive minded. McAvoy doesn't even score that many goals himself. He's still fantastic. You can't really ask him to do anymore, but outside of like him and Grizzly, you don't really have a lot of offensive minded defensemen and that just hurts the scoring even more. So I don't, there's no quick, easy fix to this team. All right. Now I want to move on and talk about something Zach and, and brought up about, uh, Swayman, the, the goaltender that's filling in for Tuka Rask. Uh, but I want to talk more about Rask here. Can, 
can the Bruins realistically make a deep playoff run without Tuka Rask, who's missed the past 15 games with an upper body injury? So Zach, I'll start with you. Can can they realistically roll with Halak and Swayman and expect to go far in the playoffs? Uh, no. Uh, uh, we saw that last year that Halak just he's he's not a he's not a true number one. Um, in the bubble, he it just wasn't him. wasn't his time. Uh, he's a great regular season guy and. As much as I love Jeremy Swayman, uh, if you're trying to count on him to be uh, your guy, I, I mean, sir, the Blues, the, the Blues did it. A, the Blues did it a couple of years ago. Uh huh. But uh, <laughs> I'm that's, waiting. That, that's a one-off. That that's oh, a one-off. That's boo! not. That's the exception. That's not the rule. Okay. That shit does not happen. So what you're saying? Is Swayman is a fluke that shouldn't be trusted. No, 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 That's no, no. Not I'm, what he's saying. I did not say a fluke. I said I don't think. I mean, he's he's nasty, but when it comes down to the playoffs, Halak's also nasty. When it comes to the playoffs, that's a different animal. To trust a a guy with little to no experience in the Stanley Cup is not a recipe for success. All right, fair enough, Mike. Well, what do you think about their chances without Rask? Um, I think their their chances are pretty solid if they run a, a three goalie rotation. Um, you know, with Halak at the helm and uh, Vladar and Swayman kind of you know coming in from behind them. But um, I don't know. It's they're kind of in you know uncharted territories right now. They've relied on Rask. For so long, um, you know, he's gotten them deep into cup runs, and he hasn't had anything to show for. It, granted, in whether it's you know, leaving the bubble early or that game seven against the Blues, um, it's he's proven himself to a certain degree, but he just hasn't been able to finish the deal. So, you know, if three goalies can amount to the same amount of productivity in the playoffs that that Tuka Rask has done, fine, sure, hundred percent. If you if you know we get to a point where the young kids are, are riding the hot hand and, and you have Halak behind the young guys, fine, so be it. But these goalies can only stand on their heads for so long and not be supported, you know, up front with with the scoring. Um, that's not sustainable to go deep into the playoffs. So, you know, with what they're doing now with the short sample size that they have had with the with the young kids. Sure, fine and dandy. I think they could they could probably make a make a run for it. But you know, long term, if I don't if you know these goalies keep getting shelled over a, over a series that's a five six game series and a quick turnaround to the next, if they so happen to advance to the next round, I don't think they can they'll they'll be able to hang. But you know, maybe maybe the these two kids have. Um, have it in them but it's it's we, we gotta we gotta see it we need a we need a bigger sample size with with against better teams against teams like especially tonight with the capitals and you know um against um the islanders as well so hopefully cassidy and, and don sweeney they ride the hot hands and um they keep Tuka and halak on the sidelines and see what they got up front with these young kids nick your thoughts i was gonna say the same thing um i I really hope that they just they just bench Tuca and Halak 
at least until Tuca's like a hundred percent healthy and just really give Swayman and, and Vladar some run here because they're really talented. Like call me crazy. I, would I be concerned going into the playoffs with only those two? I mean, a little bit, but I'd kind of be like, kind of, I, I'd, I'd be a little hyped. I'd be, I'd be pretty excited about it because I, I'm really, I'm really high on Swayman. I saw him play his final game as college against PC. He had like 46 saves. He was a hockey's goalie of the year. And he goes to AHL and he's absolutely nasty. He was like eight and one with below two goals against average. This dude, this dude's nails. I love him. So I'm really excited that he's getting run at the NHL level. And he just stood up some dude in the caps in a breakaway attempt. So I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, they, I would like, obviously I'm speaking very obviously, but like um, they got to figure out what's going on with Rask because there seems to be no uh, progress on when he's going to return and, and what the problem is. And with Halak on the COVID-19 list, um, what condition is he going to be in when he comes back? He's already not having the greatest year. I mean, statistically his numbers are like fine, but the eye test kind of says, eh, he's let in some bad goals this year. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm in agreement with Mike, like give this young guy some run and uh, see if you can instill some confidence. Uh, Cause you're playing some, you're playing some good teams. Uh, you're, you're talking about the Islanders and, uh, Caps, Flyers, Rangers, and Penguins. I mean, like, get them experience against these teams so that when it comes playoff time, these are the teams that they're going to see, at least in the beginning. So uh, I, that should instill a little confidence in them if they're put in that position to play. So I say, why not? Let's do it. And um, I'm very optimistic about it. All right. Now, Nick, you brought up the trade deadline earlier, talking about how Kyle Palomari got traded over to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh so what do you think the Bruins should be at the deadline? Are they, should they be buyers or should they, should they be s- sellers? I mean, I, I think that the answer is obvious, but I, I'm, I am interested to see what your thoughts are. I mean, this, uh, I, I think, you know, what's coming. They, they absolutely need to be buyers. I mean, you're going to hear everybody that follows the Bruins tell you how, about this window that's closing and oh my God, like it's the end of the world. Like Marcy's time has come. Bergeron's time has come. They only have so much longer. It's like these guys, it's not like there's, there's no panic button on the window. I don't understand this. They're a really young team. Now they're just surrounded with like young guys in, in old gritty vets or whatever. Like they just like they they just need to get the surrounding talent and they can do that at the deadline. The problem is they don't have a lot to give up. So they obviously need to be buyers, but it's what do you give up to get what you need? And God help me if Don Sweeney doesn't know what they need. And I'm I'm pretty sure he said it publicly. They need some secondary scoring, especially on the wing. So go get it. Like you're going to have to give up draft picks. I mean, God forbid the Bruins missed on Matt Barzell and instead got Zach Senishin and Jake DeBrusque and Jacob Saboral. So, you know, maybe let's say, hey, maybe the draft's not it, Chief. And let's give up some picks and get a guy who can slot in on the second line or the third line and offer you some scoring potential that we were supposed to be getting from Jake DeBrusque. Um, Realistically, 
I don't think they'll do much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though, if they end up uh, at least attempting to trade for like a Matthias Ekholm uh, out of Nashville. Um, that would be a big help to the defense uh, core. Um, but again, track record shows I, I, I am expecting nothing to happen by the deadline. Zach? Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a guy they could go after, go back to Anaheim, see if they're willing to move on from a car Raquel. He's got a, another year in his deal left. Uh, could provide a little scoring punch to the second line. I know Kasha not really working out too well so far. Uh, picking up from Anaheim last year, they've had a lot of trouble just trying to trade for that secondary scoring over the years. I mean, you saw it with Yager, it didn't really work. Rick Nash. Uh, Rick Nash. That didn't work. Um, so, uh, I, don't I, I don't expect them to make a splash. Sweeney doesn't really splash. But, yeah, they'll probably bring in some guy like Raquel or Ekholm or some little lower piece. Uh, and that guy may pop for a few games and people get excited. Or he may just do absolutely nothing like Rick Nash. So the trade deadline, it's kind of like the old Patriots off seasons. It's just depressing. And then this year the Patriots did something. So maybe it's good, good sign for the Bruins too. Mike. Yeah, I agree with you guys, Nick and Jack. I don't think that the Bruins are going to be doing too much at the deadline right now. Um, they should be buyers in a lot of regards, and they, they should be sellers in some regards, especially with Krejci's contract coming to an end at the end of the season. And if, you know, all else being equal, he could be a free agent at the end of the year. So if they can get some form of draft capital or, you know, a bottom six forward, you know, a, a bottom tier defenseman from, from one of these, you know, um, maybe like a Colorado, he goes – or Vegas, he goes to, they trade into Vegas to give Vegas a depth playoff piece with a veteran who knows how to win in, in the playoffs, right? Um, that's on the selling front, but on the buying front, you know, someone who would who would look real good in black and gold is, is Johnny Gaudreau from Calgary. Um, he's been a stud for for them uh, for as long as he's been in the league, and he has, he has ties to the area going to BC uh, when he was in college. So, you know, maybe – Maybe there has been some calls to Calgary for Johnny Gaudreau or some someone similar, but you know that's that's a home run stretch right there. That's about as big as I think the Bruins would go at the deadline. But you know, the the last deadline that had some action was the was the Stanley Cup year where they brought in Johansson and Coyle. It seemed to work out. You know, worked out for the playoffs, but hasn't really turned into anything spectacular in the long term. You know, Charlie Coyle's. He's, you know, putting up all right numbers, but it's, they're not, they're not spectacular, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I think the deadline is, is Tuesday. So, you know, maybe the, some games this weekend, you'll see some players across the league being scratched. Maybe they're on the trade block or what have you. It would be interesting to see if the Bruins have anybody scratched this weekend. Um, maybe that, maybe like a, like a Jake DeBrusque or someone like that. But he could be someone that I could see. You know, saying Sayonara to his his time has been too long here. He's he's shown what he's capable of. He's reached his ceiling, and I think it's someone. It's time for you know the Bruins to explore options with him and a few other guys. Um, so we'll see come Tuesday. 
So I get the consensus seems to be the Bruins will likely be buyers, but sort of quiet buyers, uh, low key, uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what Don Sweeney does. Uh, I'm looking at the upcoming schedule for the Bruins. Uh, as Nick pointed out, they are in Washington tonight playing the Capitals. Uh, they wrap up the current road trip with a rematch with the Flyers, who they beat the other night. And then they will be home for five straight, playing the Capitals again, the Sabres, the Islanders twice, and then the Capitals yet again. Um, so looking at the upcoming schedule, uh, more, more so it looks to be an even split of home and away, maybe an extra home, home game here. Uh, but for the most part, I'm seeing a lot of games against the Buffalo Sabres. I see six games against the Sabres, uh, and I'm seeing – and that seems to be the team that they play the most down the stretch, which is convenient because the Sabres are the worst team in the league, so maybe the Bruins will be able to capitalize that. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on the upcoming schedule? Do you think the Bruins will be able to get things going down the stretch here? Oh, I mean, I'm hopeful. Um, they're not exactly fully healthy yet, especially on the defensive end. So, uh, I mean, I expect them to struggle a little bit. Um, but hopefully as um, more guys start to come back to the roster, they start to be able to get into a rhythm. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier on, you said there's six, two and two in their last 10. Could be a lot worse than that. Um and the Bruins just scored another goal. So now they're up 2 nothing on Washington. It's been a great first period. So, hey, as far as what I'm seeing right now, I like it. So I'm optimistic. And I'm going to say, let's do it. Hell yeah. Mike? Yeah. Um, you know, though, all those games, the Sabres are coming off a lot of the rescheduling from earlier on the season with the um, happenings on the COVID wire. But as long as they can get you know, eight, nine points out of the possible 12 against the Sabres. They should be in good shape. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a tough balance because we're, we're heading into the home stretch here. The Bruins have, a, have you know, three games in hand, um, games played-wise. So it's, you know, you got to – you're five points clear of the Rangers right now for fifth place. But, you know, these games aren't going to get any easier. And – you know, the Bruins have been decimated with the injury bug this year. And do they kind of take the foot off the gas and, and stay for fourth place and kind of rest some guys and, you know, get that, get that fourth spot and get into the playoffs healthy? Or do they try to go up the, up the standings here and try to get a, a second or a third place down the stretch and kind of ride their hot hands? So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, the rest of the way here. Um, but those, those six games against Buffalo are, are critical. They need points in pretty much every one of those six games to be, to be in a safe spot, to be in a comfortable spot to get into the playoffs. Zach. Yeah. I mean, it always helps when you're the team you play the most is the fucking worst team in the league. Um, but then again, you gotta play the Islanders bunch and, can't beat them to save your fucking life. So it's it's going to come down to goaltending. Uh, if these guys, these young guys can hang on and 
until uh, Tuca and Hawk are ready to go. So Swayman's looking good so far. We'll see how he does the rest of the night against Ovi. But I'm Hell hopeful. yeah, baby. All right. So before we wrap up here and sign off, I do want to get your guys' quick thoughts uh, sort of around the league, in particular on the Vancouver Canucks situation. They have had a massive COVID outbreak, uh, arguably the worst outbreak of any uh, pro sports team in North America. Uh, over half of their active roster has tested positive for COVID. Multiple coaches, multiple taxi squad players as well, all testing positive uh, to a COVID variant. Uh, so they have been on the shelf, unable to play for some time now. And the longer it takes for them to get back on the ice, the more the doubt starts to creep in as to whether they're going to even be able to finish their season. Uh, so real quick, do want to get your thoughts on that situation. Uh, Mike, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting uh, few weeks here. Um, you know, it's the Van- Vancouver area was a hotspot now for that new variant. Um, I think from the Brazil variant or something yeah, like that, it's but, from Brazil. but I mean, they're, they're eight points clear. They're tired of Calgary, eight points back from Montreal. I think it's going to get to a point where if they start, you know, if they, in a few weeks, if more like players aren't off that list, I, I think it gets to a point where you have to explore forfeiting games. And, you know, I, I don't think they're going to make a, a push to get those eight points back. So um, maybe a Calgary does or someone that I just think they'll end up like, you know, forfeiting games and stuff like that. Zach. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the league does. Um, if at some point they're mathematically eliminated, do they just cancel? Do they just end up forfeiting the remaining games that they have left? Um, then how do you decide which order you they replay these games in? Some people get points that they don't from forfeits. Other teams don't. They might get mad about that. affect other playoff situations. Uh, so it's not just them. It's all the teams that they have to play. Um, and man, it's a, it's a shit show up there in Vancouver. Nick. Yeah. I think, uh, I saw a note that from the NHL that they're pretty optimistic on the, on Canucks getting back on the ice rather soon, which I was a bit surprised by given how many people were affected by it. Not only players, but uh, close contacts of the players like family and stuff. Um, but Hey, um, hopefully that optimism comes true and they get to get back on the ice. And if it's as soon as it felt like in the note that I read, uh, then maybe they'll be able to make up these games in plenty of time. And then we don't have to talk about who gets what points and how. Um, but if it does get to that point, I mean, the Canucks are just going to get screwed. Um, I don't, I, I, I have no clue how they handle it, whether they just start awarding points to everybody they play or they just ax the games completely. I, I, I don't know. But um, hopefully we don't have to get to that point um, and just praying for everybody's safety out there. Wholeheartedly agree. We'll end on that note. Uh, real quick, we want to shout out the rest of the podcast on the Mouth and Off Sports Show family, that being the Cool Zone pod with Nick and Jonathan. Yep. 
Foxborough Files is back. So Who back. Knew? They are back from the dead. New pod just dropped the other day. Make sure you go check that out. That's the one, the, the New England Patriots pod with Zach, DR, and Lil Mike. Uh, and maybe, just maybe, the Mouth and Off Show pod will will resurface. Uh, nah, but nah. Who knows? Uh, but that's going to do it for us here on this Bruins slash NHL pod. For Mike Barry, Nick Brown, and Zach Lacey, I'm Ryan Brown. We will see you next time. Fuck Duke.